It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. I've got new content for you next week. But first, (sighs) let's stop and take a breath. I'm happy to report that the BeLove app developed by Of One Breath launches this week. You'll find the BeLove app in your app store starting on Friday, July 17th. It was created to give conscious humans hope about what is happening all around us. Learn more in this flashback episode with creator Edie Osborne. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast, home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time together. Together. Yes, it's a high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host in Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. With the current state of the world, I'm certainly aware of the need for quality content that doesn't involve news reports, barking doom and blame and forecasting fear, or the obsession with toilet paper during a crisis. Just before the shelter-in-place directive in the Bay Area, I took a road trip to Carmel Valley for a healing session with my soul sister, Edie Osborne. Edie is a sacred witness, a seer, and channeler, and she's also a badass businesswoman. Edie sees the world through the lens of love. That, coupled with her business background as a thought leader in strategic performance measurement and feedback collection, informs her work with Of One Breath, the nonprofit she founded that's devoted to bringing consciousness and peace to the planet. Um, yes, please, I co-sign on that mission. Edie and her team are releasing tools and training on bringing civility to the human discourse. These tools include the Be Love mobile app, currently in development and ahead of schedule, and the Healing Conversation, a workshop for individuals and families offering five pattern-interrupting questions 
that bridge the curse of certainty to a field of pure potentiality. Cannabis has been Edie's greatest guide and teacher as she brings shift-enabling tools and technology to the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I hugged it out with uncertainty many years ago. But it doesn't mean it doesn't still creep up on me and that I don't still feel it and wrestle with it from time to time. That said, I knew if I needed support right now that you probably did too. What follows is my healing conversation with Edie that my soul so desperately longed for. We communed within the sacred walls of the yurt on her property. The rain coming down outside, we snuggled up in cozy chairs and blankets. The twinkle lights were going. It just looked so peaceful and beautiful and inviting. And, and sitting across from each other, we consumed our sacred medicine and I asked Edie to share her guidance. I opened myself up to receive whatever that might be. And I ask you to do the same with me today. So settle in for a practical dose of woo as we reconnect with truth through our favorite plant medicine. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. So there I was, healing from this ruptured Achilles, sitting very, very still, and watching the world go by and wondering, what can I bring to this chaos that's going to bring peace to myself? And I just kept breathing and breathing. And I, I, in 18 years ago, I had a pulmonary embolism and died. And, wow. and while I was on the other side, I was given a choice as to whether I wanted to come back or recycle. I have never heard anybody else tell that story, but my grandmother Patterson. Mm. Wow. She talked about it. We would ask her to tell that story over and over. Wow. She had a close brush as well. She did. Yeah. I didn't get the tunnel of light. I didn't get the, you know, the sort of um, typical story that a lot of people talk about when they have those near-death experiences. But I do remember clearly being out of my body, looking down. I can see my body very, my skin is very gray, very pale. They're working on me like crazy to bring me back. And I felt this absolute peace and, and love and light and a clear choice about what to do next. And when I got out of that, um, you know, really life-threatening event, I sat still for a while. And, and, and it reminded me very much of what happened after I ruptured the Achilles, too, like... I'd had two major events in my life where I needed to just sit still and listen to what my body wanted to say. I had never listened to my body before. I had always operated from the neck up. As I, so many of us do. As so many of us do, right? We are conscious from the neck up, but not at all embodied in that consciousness. 
And so I sat there healing from this ruptured Achilles, feeling like, okay, I'm ready to sit really still and listen. What is it that I'm listening for? And April 26th, so I should back up a little and just say that the day my mom died, I came home, had a little cannabis and was chilling out, grieving, crying, Mm -hmm. and went out on our back porch and laid on the hammock and all of a sudden, I I got this hit that I should get my phone and record because there's a lot of really beautiful stuff coming through. And I'd never mm-hmm. done that before. I'd, I'd been inspired and, and gotten these sort of messages from beyond before, but never really gave them much credence, just let them happen. But that mm-hmm. day, very specifically, I heard in a very clear audience moment, get your recorder. So I turn on the recorder and I still have this recording. Um, And it was all about storytelling that we were going to come to a place. This is 2014. We were going to reach a point where lies would become truth and truth would become lies. And we would no longer know what truth was. And that's because we've outsourced our power to get truth from outside of ourselves instead of learning to find it from within. Yes. So how do we retune our human operating systems back to knowing what's true and what's not true? And so this is, this is percolating in my, my soul. And, um, that day, the day my mom died, I got that first download about storytelling and that we would have to do the work to reestablish our connection with our with our inner guidance system and that everything that was happening was in service to bringing that forward within yes. us yes so as our structures of safety and power collapse around us we are then drawn back into ourselves to find truth again so this this was 2014 right so month month, month, month later, I'm getting all these downloads and I'm recording. I have hundreds of hours of recordings now that um, are still sitting on a hard drive waiting to be harvested, but I just capture because it's too important not to. Right. right? And, and you don't have to know what you're going to do with it. I don't. I don't. I just know clearly. Sometimes it comes in writing and it's, I, it's just free writing. I just write and write and write. Other times it comes clear to, to record it. Sometimes it's video. I usually get sort of a prompt up front, like this one's a big one. Capture it. Nice. Um, and so there I was, fast forward now, we've got Trump in office, things are insane, and I'm still asking the question, how, okay, I've listened to spirit, spirit has said, sit really still, giving you all the um, permission you need to do that with a ruptured Achilles, now just sit very, very still. And then it hits me, from the day I had had that pulmonary embolism, I had not taken a deep breath. And I realize most people don't take deep breaths. We we no. have very shallow breath. And yeah. so I started to really feel into how important breath was and that life begins with breath. It ends with breath. And it is the intention with which we breathe every breath in between that creates the heaven or hell of our existence. Right. Yes. <laughs> 
So this, this is like starting to come and come. And so I wake up on a Sunday morning and, um, April 26th, then I get my face on and I get the camera ready. Cause I know that there's something big coming through. I don't even know what it's going to be yet. And I sit in my recovery chair, staring out of the Vantana wilderness, this gorgeous view that we have. And it comes. And I was actually Marco Poloing to Catherine, our, our common friend. Interesting. And I use Marco Polo as an app um, for sort of getting sacred witnessing. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. That makes way more sense yet. Because to me, Marco Polo is calling back and forth. I didn't know that was an actual app. It's an app. <laughs> okay. It's an app called Marco Polo. And it's asynchronous video chat. So what's beautiful about it from a sacred witnessing standpoint is you can speak and speak and speak and nobody's going to interrupt you. And then that person can come back with their response. So it's, I use it a lot with my clients that I do um, sacred work with so that after we're done with that session, they can be witnessed as more things come forward for them. They That's Marco, really cool. They Marco Polo to me and then I Marco Polo in response. So it's a, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I had Catherine on the other side of this and I was sharing with her this idea that we need to build a bridge that transcends the polarization, the separation that we're in and that we've, you know, all the while I, I have this imagery of the, um, boomerang that I described to you earlier, this idea that we're on this trajectory path and that the boomerang represents the human story from start to finish, that some source of love, because we're wired for love, so I trust that we came from a loving place, threw us out into this human experience, and we've been going light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light, dark. And I, I studied the physics of the boomerang because it fascinated me so much, and it's there's two major components to the physics of it. There's angular momentum, and gyrational torque. So the spin happens and the way that the shape of the boomerang creates this wobble effect, like boom, 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 boom. It isn't smooth. You could, you can almost, if you listen to the boomerang, it, you can feel and see how it actually does this, um, weighted boom, 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 right? And so the the download about this boomerang effect is that the human story has been spinning in like a kundalini coil going through the same light, dark, light, dark, dark ages, light, yeah. periods of enlightenment, and and that we were heading out to the apex the of this furthest move, point, the yes. furthest point, the most extreme gyrational torque and angular momentum in order for, and if you study it, for the boomerang to flip, it has to go through this light, dark, light, dark, light, dark movement, this wobble and the wobble becomes so extreme that it, it creates enough gyrational torque to turn it and bring it back home to itself. Right. And so I'm, I'm feeling that movement. I understand we're in the, the movement of this gyrational turning and that the chaos is going to become so extreme that we're not going to know what's truth and what's not anymore, unless we go deep within ourselves and that we'll have to sit really still as a species to reconnect with that inner guidance system again, right? 
past. So I'm seeing what's happening now, not knowing exactly how it's going to happen, but knowing that we would reach somewhere along the path, this movement where we would feel so disoriented that we would have to go inward to orient, to recalibrate mm-hmm. back to that inner guidance system. Yes, we are absolutely there. We are there, right? Yeah. Who, who would have thought we could get the whole world to sit still for a month? I know. And, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, we have panic pandemic. You know, I, I stopped in a Target today just to see for myself. I didn't need toilet paper or paper towels, but I certainly went to in just it. to witness it. Yeah, People are losing their minds because they are putting all of their power outside of themselves. Right. Because they are witnessing all of the quote unquote fake news that is in front of us and and not being able to parse what right. is true, what right. is false, what is light, what is dark. Right. This is an opportunity as a human species to use this self-quarantine time, so to speak, to get reconnected with their knowing. And I don't think there's so many people, I don't think they ever even know what their knowing is. They've never done this before. I have this language that I use for that knowing piece. I call it, what is your theory of everything? That everybody has a TOE, a theory of everything. And, and, and really, the, the whole goal of the human experience is to embody your big toe. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to understand what your knowing is, right? What do we know? So all this is in the field, right? All this backstory of the pulmonary embolism and breath, and I've never taken a deep breath. And, and then... April 26th, the download comes, and I uploaded this up on YouTube. It's there, and you can see me. I'm in full channel, and all of a sudden, you stop being self-aware, and you just let it flow, and and, and it's like, oh, we're going to breathe together. How do we breathe? So there's all these, you know, worldwide meditation sessions people are doing and breathing sessions, and that's all good. But it's isolated events. What we have to have is a new rhythm together. We have to develop this this breathing together, this alignment, uh, this intentional breath has to be aligned. Do we do it once a day? No, no. And it's, it's coming through. And, and you, you can see the look on my face as I'm trying to capture all this information as it's coming. Because sometimes when I get these downloads, it's like a zip file. And there's just like, I open it and it's like, oh, there's all these files. <laughs> what, what do I open first and second and third? And what had been happening prior to that day is all these questions, what, what was starting to formulate was something called the healing conversation and how would we begin to approach building a bridge with each other. And so the breath was the first part, but then these questions would come next. So that day in particular, I get the download and it's like, oh, we're going to breathe together. We're going to breathe together at the top of every hour. We're going to create an app. And the app is going to create a coordinated breath, but not, uh, you can do that now. I mean, there's all kinds of apps that will prompt you to take a breath. This, this is where it transcends. This is why it's so cool what's happening right now. So it transcends in that it creates sacred witnessing. I was in an Aya ceremony mm, three years ago. 
And Mama Aya said, you need to have a sacred witness circle around you. And I, I had always, I'd been sort of trying to call in an elder who would sit with me, who would, if we'd come from an indigenous tribe, an elder would have taken me by the hand, sat me down and said, okay, here are your gifts. Here's your bundle. This is how you unpack your bundle. This is, but yeah. we don't have that. No. So we got to figure this. No, we have people to tell us that they'll give us something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or you're crazy, yeah. right? To think that you have some sacred power of some kind. Or yeah, that you have some special gift that right. nobody else has. Right. Yeah. Shame on you for thinking that. Shame on you. Who do you think you are? Imposter syndrome, all the story that goes with that. And so that night, Mama said, you need a sacred witness circle around you. Here are the people that are ready to step up to their light, bring them in, and you will witness each other. And so I reached out to each of those people, and I said... I got this download. Your name was in it. You want to come be a part of it? And everyone said yes. Awesome. And we sat together for a year and we shared those really tender parts of ourselves that almost seem too incredible, too amazing to share with others because they'll look at you and think you're crazy. But I was in a room full of crazy, so it worked. Right. And um, in that room full of crazy, one woman came out with her beautiful gift of somatic healing and another came forward with another gift. And, you know, we all nourished each other's gifts by witnessing it. And so the, the app has a sacred witnessing component to it. And I knew why this was so different from any of the, you know, sort of prompt things that you do on your phone. So your phone is going to go off with this unique tone, 528 hertz tone, that is the frequency of love. And you'll push a button and everyone else who has the same app will push a button at the top of the hour within a minute and a half. All the buttons that have been pushed now get crunched in the database, come back and we'll get to see how many people are breathing and where. Right? I love that. So the app is called Be Love, B-E, Butterfly Effect, Love. And I realized, oh, we're starting a wave, a butterfly effect with breath. Oh, my goodness. Could it be any more subtle and gentle? Right. Yes. Simple, necessary, subtle, subtle and gentle. Yes. And gentle. And also it lines up with a feminine. This is a very feminine movement. It's the rebalancing of the feminine with the masculine. As the world is in chaos, the, the one end of the spectrum wants to fight it and, and, and attack it. But the feminine is like, no, we're going to breathe through this. We're birthing something. We're moving into a whole new way of being and we have to take a breath. My, yeah. my, whole, my whole body is going off well, right and now. I, and I love that too, because it's so important for men yes to be able to attach to that part of themselves you know we use a term when we were just chatting a moment ago about the patriarchy and i've actually stopped using that terminology i just call it toxic fear that's one way to call it that's what it is yeah. it's toxic fear their fear and unfortunately it's been so longly aligned with um men and the masculine model but it's just as present in women as it is in men. Yeah, so this, I agree. this breath, this movement of the feminine is universal. 
mm-hmm. for all of us to rebalance the masculine and the feminine within our own beings, right? Mm-hmm. So the app has this sacred witnessing function. So you'll be able to see how many people are breathing where the same day comes through my, I have a holy algorithm on my Facebook feed. I train people how to clean up their feed so that they only get fed nourishing high frequency stuff. I love that. A lot of people avoid Facebook because there is so much negative stuff, but all you have to do is remove it, unlike it, move people out of your, your yeah. field. And all of a sudden the algorithm goes, Oh, you only like nice stuff. Okay. I'll bring you nice stuff. So that day I get this link from a psychologist or sociologist who had done this study of resistance movements. And they figured out that it, um, only takes 3.5% of a population to create a shift. I love that. That feels so doable, right? That's so doable, right? That's exactly what came to me. So, oh, so 3.5%, 11 million people in the United States, if we do this breath together at the top of every hour, now we're talking about 11 million breaths. And then the whole thing just blew up on me. And I understood that every breath that's ever been taken on this planet is with the same oxygen you and I are breathing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. So the fear-based story that we've been living in has to be reprogrammed. And I, I, I love the, the Japanese scientist who studied the effect of words on water. I don't know if you've seen his work. Yes, yes. I've seen that. And what he did was he put, you know, violent words versus loving words and the crystalline structure, the representation of that water shifted, right? Well, breath is, is water, right? It's air and water. We don't, we have so much water. We're constantly moving water when we breathe, right? So all of that air has been infused with fear. And so we have to reset the air through the breath to change the frequency. Yeah, change the atmosphere. Of everything around us, right? So the app has this sacred witnessing feature, but then it goes even further. So we go further and the next step is the soul pod. So you have your tribe, I have my tribe. Now we're gonna magnify the connection we have in that tribe by showing up and witnessing each other in the breath at the top of every hour. We're going to ground in our tribe. We're going to hold each other and be with each other through breath. And you'll be able to see how many people in your soul pod. You can mm-hmm. have up to 100 people in your soul pod. You'll be able to see who's breathing with yeah. you, right? And, you know, and I have friends that are much like me in that, you know, they're entrepreneurs. They have a lot going on. They have yeah. so many things on their plate. And they do end up feeling isolated in the things that they're doing. Yeah. And so even being able to to still not have time to go have that lunch, but to know that you're sharing this moment of breathing with each other every day. Yeah. I love that so much. So imagine now that you're in a public place. And that unique tone, it's not going to sound like anything else. Uh, In fact, it's up on our our website now. People can hear it. and, and so your phone will go off and somebody else's phone will go off and you'll look up at each other and you'll know that you're both breathing loving intention into the world in that moment, consciously breathing together. 
And what has felt really true for me for a long time, but never knew quite how to pull it all together was that there are islands of consciousness around in, in, on this planet, people who are awake, who are present to, to what's happening, who are showing up from a place of love and devotion to the greater good, mm-hmm. but they're isolated and yeah. they're islands. And what we need to become is the ocean. Yeah. Right. I like that. That consciousness becomes our ocean, not an island, yeah. not something we get to do when we're with certain people, but it's just there and we're breathing it together. So there we are, all of us in public places now, hearing that tone go off, and we have what I call a Joji moment. <laughs> Most people are living in FOMO right now, uh-huh. fear of missing out. Uh, we're going to flip it and call it Joji, joy of joining in. <laughs> I love it. So the Joji moment is where you see me and I see you, and our skin color doesn't matter, and who we love or how we love doesn't matter, just that we love. Yeah. Right. I have a, a, one of my friends, most people call me Jojo, but I have somebody that calls me Joji. And now oh I'm like, I love that. Yeah, I'm the joy, joy of joining in. Joy of joining <laughs> in, right? So most of us, fear of missing out is what drives our addiction to our phones. Now we're taking technology and reprogramming it to being about joy of joining in. And so there's a third layer to the app that takes it even further. And that's what I call passion pods. And so when you sign up and you get your download of the app, you'll go in and you'll click a button, one of 12, and there might be more down the road, but right now I've identified 12 areas of healing conversation that need to happen on the planet. Oh, yes. So regenerative agriculture or water or health and well-being or reimagine education or reimagine policy and institution and politics. You know, each of us, like mine is separation of church and state. My background is Catholic, evangelical Mormon for 35 years of my life. I have a great investment in making sure that somebody else's curse of certainty doesn't get politicized into our legislative agenda. Religion is a curse of certainty. It's a bias. Believe it as so is the acronym for bias. And and so there needs to be a healing conversation around religion. And, and it's really religion is a theory of everything. Yeah. No different from... Yeah, your big toe is different than my big toe. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And we all get to have our big toe, but let's call it what it is. It's a devotional practice. It's not a rule. A way of legislating. Yes. That's right. That's right. So... So the app will allow you to join a passion pod, and then you'll be able to see not just what's happening across the world within your soul pod, but also what's happening within your passion pod. And we're going to create a forum on the website for each of these passion pods where people can come in and start connecting with other people who are sharing the same downloads. Now, this is big woo-woo here, but I believe just as I'm receiving ongoing, ever-present downloads about how to enable the shift others are as well. Yes. And right now, what we're trying to do is receive the wisdom of the collective through the individual, but until we come together in a collaborative way, it's like the blind man and the elephant, only 
you have a piece of it. I have a piece of it. He yeah. has a piece of it. But nobody's brought it all together yet. Right. We don't have the, a megaphone big enough to share the message in a meaningful way. So the app is a precursor to what I'm calling sort of a new neural net where we are beginning to connect to that open source of collective wisdom and beginning to bring it together. And this is where I think artificial intelligence is really going to have a a place in all this to begin to sort through all the ideas. So you get a download and you put it in and the days of owning ideas are over. When we think that we own our ideas and and ignore the fact that they're coming from an inspired place within us, right? Well, and I completely agree that ideas swirl around. And I think Elizabeth Gilbert said it comes in whispers in your ear. Yeah. And if you don't answer the calling, it's going to go find another ear. That's right. That's right. So all these brilliant minds... And not necessarily in places of power to use the information that's coming to them. I want to bring them all into these platforms where we take our downloads and we create conventions for uploading them into this neural net where we're going to begin to data mine, only only wisdom mine instead, these ideas, because you have a piece of it, I have a piece of it, she has a piece of it. And we don't yet know exactly what we're creating, but we know that we have a lock and a key situation and each of us has to open. It's like, you know, the nuclear codes and two people have to turn their keys. Well, in this case, 3.5% of the population has to turn the key together, right? To create this shift, right? I love this. So my saying in my life is do it or don't, but do. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, you have an idea and instead of sitting on it, I hate watching people sit on good ideas. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I think it, I feel it. I want to act on it. Right. But then there are so many times when you are in this place where you're like, okay, I feel more awake than a lot of the people around me. Yeah. I want to help. Mm -hmm. I want to help raise the consciousness of this planet. But how in the hell do I do that? So now it's like, okay, great. Your download is now a place where I can download my download. That's right. That's I love this. That's it. We're all going to download together. We're basically open sourcing the collective intelligence of the universe. And we're going to mine that from new perspectives, not profit and ownership perspectives, but from healing perspectives. And so we ask different questions of the information as it's coming through us and as we make it available. So that's the app, but that's just the start, right? So we breathe together, but then what? What do we do with that breath? And so this is this is all about enabling the shift. This is about taking, I get these perspectives on, I'll watch television or I'll read a book or I'll hear something somebody says and go, oh, all you'd have to do is just shift this a little bit and it completely changes the intention behind that. So for example, um, neighborhood watch was something that was started when I was a kid, when we were afraid of the boogeyman and we're going to, you know, Mm -hmm. keep an eye on each other's properties. And all of a sudden it was about, you know, sort of otherness, right? Like who's the bad guy? Change it to neighborhood reach from watch to reach. Feel the difference? Mm -hmm, Totally. 
subtle little shifts like this. So it's, it's taking what's already here. We don't have to tear it all down. It's just the lens of perception through which we view all of this. So then I'm into this whole deep dive about lens of perceptions and bias, believe it is so, how do we shift out of our biases into a lens of perception that lines up with our anatomy, which is wired for love. We've been, you know, if you think of love as the source code of our physical bodies, our biology, our hormones, everything's geared for it. Mm -hmm. Then fear is a malware that's been downloaded into our human operating system that doesn't belong there. So fear is a lens of perception. So how do we shift that? How do we unpack that? Because everybody ego wants to attach to our curse of certainty, like this is how it goes. So within another couple of weeks, I get the next layer of download and um, the framework for what's known as the healing conversation comes through. And it's five pattern interrupting questions that take us from the curse of certainty to this field of pure potentiality. Ooh, yes. So I want to take you through the five yes. questions. Okay. Yes. Because right. that's what I was like. Okay. People breathe, but I need people to know. Next. That, yes. What's next? What's next? Right. So these questions came at me one at a time through various plant medicine ceremonies, through lots of cannabis exploration. See, for me, cannabis is the great integrator. She is this goddess of wisdom that has been treated like the bastard stepchild of the plant medicine community. And I, I'm here to tell you that Mama Cannabis has taken one for the team. I'm going to slow clap for you on that one. For the last hundred years. Absolutely. Right? Yes. She's become the scapegoat for free thinking. And so um, you and I have talked a little bit about the history of cannabis and, you know, how she became persecuted um, as a means of going after people of color, as a means of holding people down. And so in many ways, she sort of represents the feminine. And if, if you just, you know, you spent time around grows, I have too. And we are in the backside of Big Sur right here. So this is the home of Sensamia right here, where it was first really it took root, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively, on the planet, where we removed the masculine so that the feminine could fully express her beautiful medicine through her trichomes, right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, what that represents is that cannabis is the healing in the feminine. And when people struggle with cannabis, just as a side note, like, it's not my drug, I get paranoid or I get anxious and I go, oh, you have a hard time with a feminine in your own soul. And they'll go, oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I, I, all I can do is anecdotally track when I work with people on cannabis. Um, but those who really struggle with it struggle with surrender to their feminine side. They struggle with the intuitive side. They struggle with the free-floating, um, integrative aspect of how she can just move through all of the parts of the brain and just take down all the barriers at once. Like the curse of certainty goes away with cannabis, and that's hard for people. She creates a field of creative, pure potentiality. She helps us tap into our divine mm -hmm. knowing of who we are. So these five pattern-interrupting questions come forward, and I'm like, for weeks and weeks writing and what order do they go in and what are the exact right words and and um 
So I've come to say it out loud that I'm a channeler and that the, you know, what comes through me is so beautiful. Sometimes it, it makes me weep, the words and the structure and 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 sometimes I take what's given to me and it's verbatim, but other times it's like it's handed to me in this zip file and I've got to unpack it. They want me to take my 30 years of building conscious organizations and frameworks around that and apply it here. So there's, there's you know, it's yeah. there are no mistakes in our history. Our entire timeline is leading us up to being present to our superpowers right here and now. I have lived it. I absolutely agree. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm looking at the title, The Healing Conversation. Oh, I want to rewrite that. I don't, let's call it sacred witnessing. Let's call it something else. And Mama Cannabis just looks at me in my soul and says, write it down. I'm like, <laughs> okay. The T-H-E, healing, H-E-A, conversations t-h-c and i'm like oh no this can't be happening and she's like oh yes it can and here's why cannabis is in millions of humans across this planet her energy signature is in them she has been carrying a signature of oppression and persecution for so long that she has a lot of fear vibration associated with her because of how she's been treated. And so the healing conversation I do with people, I give everybody a little bit of cannabis and we go through these five questions because it up levels the spirit of cannabis in their bodies to being a spiritual gift and teacher to them. Regardless of your big toe, you know, your theory of everything, I hope your inner guidance system is waking up to Edie's message. Stay tuned for part two of the healing conversation as Edie offers us five pattern interrupting questions to help us up-level the spirit of cannabis in our bodies as both a spiritual gift and guide. I am in my knowing that the world needs messages like this to cut through the noise and panic being pumped by mainstream media. So if this message vibrates in truth for you, please share this episode of the podcast with everyone in your circle. And to learn more about the Be Love Top of the Hour Breathing app, go to ofonebreath.org. We'll deep dive into the healing conversation in part two of this podcast series. I'm sending vibrations of hope, peace, and love from my heart to yours. And I invite you to puff, puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.